With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. You know, it'd be cool though is if we could have a watch party. Like I know you can't see what's on my screen here. I know. I'll make you, that happen too. I don't even know if you're looking at me or not. You know. Yeah. It's so dark. You're you probably watching like chess or streaming chess while talking to me, and then uh, no, I've you know, been I've been good. I haven't done that in months. You haven't watched chess in months? Why? No, I haven't played while doing other stuff. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I mean, like, you could do it right now easily. I think this adult improvement thread, I don't know if that's a good name for it, but remember how Gary Goldman had the, he did a one year of comedy tips? Right. And every day he did a comedy tweet? Right. I, that's kind of what I want to do here with adult improvement. So it's not right. just going to be about chess, but chess will be the example. Just like comedy was just the example for him. He wrote about writing. He wrote about depression. He wrote about lots of things. Right. So I, I, I think this is a good idea. Do you think this is a good idea? Oh, yeah. People, like, it's more active that way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's why that's the problem I've had on Twitter later. Like, oh, I don't want to just say something cute, you know, that people retweet because I'm so smart. But, like, know. this will actually add value. And it's it, I don't have to write a book. I'll actually add value to people and I can yeah. answer questions. I used to do this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm recording, by the way, but uh, I don't know if there's any like good people in the world anymore. I thought people that were woke, they are like good people. They are like, oh yeah, you know, the best people in the world. But I felt like they just hated whoever doesn't agree with them. So let's include this as part of the podcast. Okay, so the problem is, are there any good people left in the world? Because on the one hand, you have people who are so-called woke, and if you say something mildly offensive, they might hate you. And they might yeah. hate you so much that they feel that justified of you losing your job, you losing your source of income, even if you have children to feed. Maybe there's even violence. I'm not saying they do suggest that. I think that's a, obviously a fringe. But I right. do. I have seen many cases, particularly in academia, where very, very smart people, very intelligent people, very rational people, they might have said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And they got fired. Um, right. A classic example that people have heard of is, is Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. So Jordan Peterson, 
and and forgive me for not knowing all the facts. I'm not from Canada. I don't know Canadian law, but apparently it became enforceable that you had to use the pronouns that people wanted you to use. So if I right. said to you, Jay, you have to refer to me as they or them, then it would be illegal. It would be against my freedoms for you to not refer to me as them. Right. If I chose to use that as a pronoun. And Jordan Peterson refused to do that. Now, people said that that was bigoted, that he should respect the rights of the transgenders, which of course he should respect that. Mm -hmm. People would say by not using their pronouns, he was not respecting their rights, and so he was bigoted. And right. that's where Jordan Peterson had a problem because Jordan Peterson pointed out that if you look at the book 1984 by George Orwell as an example, that an example of what's called thought speak, you know, 1984 is this fictional account of a country that becomes fascist, like extremely authoritarian and fascist. Oh, let me look it up. 1984? Yeah, by George Orwell. Okay. What, 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 they, they, they didn't give this to you in China because it's about China. So you're growing up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be a very unwoke thing to say. So Jordan Peterson's point was, is that thought speak begins when you try to legalize what words can be used. And that is a slippery slope to fascism. Meaning mm. once you start legislating what words people can use, Then you, then you start getting closer to what thoughts people can think, what books people can read. By the way, I'm going to do this on the other side too. It's not just the woke. And, right. and, and there's a deeper question in what you're asking, which is that there's not, you're asking in a general question, are there any good people in the world? And you're trying to categorize it with these political philosophies. But let's just start with woke and, and the opposite of woke for a second. You know, conservatives or right-wing Republicans or Proud right. Boys or whatever you want to call it. So right. the problem with woke is that In the 1960s, there were a, it was a very strong, beautiful movement called the Civil Rights Movement, started by many people, but famously, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, John Lewis. But you know, Martin Luther King was the most famous. And right. the idea of civil rights, and again, I'm not a political philosopher, correct me if I'm wrong, but you shouldn't have to be, and this is for everybody listening to to this, choose yourself. Like You, should, you don't need to have, have a PhD in every area of thought to have an opinion and to be a good person and to do the right thing. And right. for me, civil I've read enough about civil rights. I grew up, I, in, I was born in 1968. I grew up in part of this movement. I wrote a book on racism that came out in April, you know, which covered a lot of these topics. And I talked to many civil rights leaders. And civil rights was about how everybody should have equal opportunity. If there's a water fountain, we all have equal access to the water fountain. Right. If there's a bathroom. We have, if there's a school, we all have equal access to go to that school. We all have equal access right. to the same initial opportunity. Yes. Um, but the outcomes might not be equal. Like if I'm a drug addict and you're not, then that's bad for me. I have to go to drug rehab and you make millions of dollars starting a business. I don't know, whatever. Like, here's the thing. There's good intentions behind all of these ideas. It's a shame that there are different outcomes for different people. There's a shame that some people are born blind because of a genetic disease. That's a horrible thing. That's a sad thing. And nobody in the world says this is a morally correct thing. It's not about morals. It's just about reality. Like in hunter-gatherer times, if I was eight feet tall 
and had extreme strength and speed, then I could get more food than someone who was four feet tall. Right. Like I could chase your dog down and eat your dog if I wanted to, for instance. But <laughs> instead, oh, I'm too small, five foot nine, and I probably would not be able to chase down your dog as a hunter. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, so civil rights was about equal opportunities, not necessarily equal outcomes. And right. the, the U.S. You know, made a lot of progress with that, like many more African-Americans. I mean, all throughout the last century, all throughout the 20th century, many more African-Americans got PhDs, got, you know, literacy rates went up. Martin Luther King, one of the greatest men in American history, Malcolm X, whom people misinterpret and say, oh, Malcolm X wanted violence to enforce equal rights. No, he did not. In the latter part of his career, after he visited Mecca and became a true Muslim, he did he only advocated peace, except in self-defense, which, of right. course, if somebody raises their fist to you, you raise your fist back. That's right. I have a question. This is they might be totally unrelated, but, you know, if Malcolm Max and um, Dr. King alive today, what do you think that tweet's going to be? We could even do an entire podcast about this. This is really worthy <laughs> of a lot of history and, and stuff. But but Martin Luther King and the current woke movement, let's say, as defined by AOC or the BLM movement. And and by the way, again, I wrote a book on this stuff with Charlemagne the Guy. I wrote a book on BLM. I just emailed back and forth to Charlemagne today. He was asking how I was doing with the COVID. And it was a good selling book. BLM is fundamentally very different than the civil rights movement. And I'm not saying it's worse, and I'm not saying it's better. I would say it's more intellectually interesting, but then you have to decide what that means. So what BLM says is that it's not just equal rights for everyone. It's not just equal opportunity for everyone. It's some people have been really hurt more than others. They need their power back and they need maybe more power. And people with power need to maybe have less power. BLM is basically saying that there are power structures that are determined by the intersections of your demographics. So it used to be, oh, white people could use a water fountain, black people can't, let's make a law, everybody could use a water fountain. Oh, white people could be play baseball, black people can't play in the major leagues, let's change that. But, but now it's like, listen, I understand that black people have problems, but let's not forget about black transgender lesbians because they have worse problems. And let's not forget about disabled Asian people who are suffering from COVID or whatever. There's all these intersections now and, there, and there's this philosophy of what's called intersectionality. And intersectionality is the philosophy that feeds wokeness, is that depending on your intersection, that suggests how laws should treat you. So I know many people who have chosen different pronouns and I've never had any problem saying someone's pronoun, but for centuries, many groups of people have not been able to properly express the sexuality they were born with, meaning sexuality is a mental idea and not a physical idea. And because of this, they've been unfairly punished through the centuries. And so now is their time. So you, we need to now let men who are really women go in the women Olympics. We need to call them she or them or they. And we have to decide this 
for every intersection out there. And I'm oversimplifying what's going on with woke. Right. But essentially what it becomes is, is this huge cacophony of intersections of victim groups. And that was never what Martin Luther King was about. It was never what Malcolm X was about. Malcolm X was, if you put the word victim and Malcolm X in the same sentence, they do not belong together. These two things mm. do not belong in the same sentence. So Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, these people were not victims. Now, were the people suffering victims? Of course, voting rights in Selma, education rights, civil rights, all over the country were in question and lots of great changes happened. Is the, country, is the U.S. perfect? Of course not. Has it improved? I think nobody would deny that it has improved. And let's just hope that it keeps going in the right direction and faster and faster. I've done a lot of research on all these numbers. I'm not getting into it. I've, of course, I've written an entire book on it. People could listen to the audiobook on Audible. It's called We Got Answers. And there were a lot smarter people than me who had really impressive and sad and telling stories in that book. And so I learned a lot. I'm just trying to explain at a very high level about not just wokeism, but we'll talk about right wing and we'll talk about being good or not and what this has to do with that and how this could even be useful in our daily lives. Because believe me, it's useful in daily lives. When you have to walk a minefield of people who are going to insult you or, or hurt you or vandalize your stores, which has happened to me, you have to be careful about what you say and what you write. Jay, I've been careful about what I've been writing for 20 years. And by careful, I don't mean, oh, I can't say this or people will yell at me. I mean, people have yelled at me. People have hurt me. People have, right. I've lost friendships. And, you know, and I, and I admit, I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. That's the joke of it all. But anyway, with, with intersectionality, with wokeism, if you believe in that some rights need to be not necessarily uh, equal, but, you know, I don't know how to describe it. But essentially, if you believe in one thing, you believe in everything. So if you believe in one intersection of rights being suppressed, then all the intersections are being suppressed. Right. And if, if a, that's why professors who say the wrong word and they don't realize that they thought they were catering to one group, but they forgot about another group, they're getting fired. So what happened is uh, one professor was, you know, saying the Chinese word that sounds like the N word. So the Chinese word, the word is naige. He said it way too fast. So it sounds like the N word. Also, the accent that he that he he uses, you know, sounds like the N word. So that words, it's like a common feeler words. It's like that thing, that thing. It's, it's so uh, when in in English you use a lot of um ah, uh, uh, in 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 Chinese I would just like uh naga or, or or something like that. You know, it's like that thing. Yeah. So here's what happened. So it's Professor Greg Patton mm -hmm. at University of Southern California. And by the way, it's not that important to read about every goddamn thing in that, that it's in the news. Like sometimes you could say, this is just stupid and I've got nothing to do with it. I wish I could help the guy, but I can't. Right. And I need to live my life and I need to do my good things for the world and not just fight and fight and fight. Right. So, uh, so this guy, Professor Greg Patton, um, uh, students were offended. They couldn't handle it. They needed to take an independent study because uh, they, they said he used a racial slur during class. Three student organizations 
called out USC for its lack of transparency. So this professor was let go for a while, and now a year later, he is exactly one year later, he will be back. But that he should have been, he should, they say he should have consulted the students first. Okay, so what I didn't get is I watched that video and I think it's totally fine. I understand what he was trying to say because he did gave he did give context like, okay, this is the feeling. Yes, way. but that's the point. That's the point of intersectionality is that his intersection that he was talking to was fine, but you have to be fine with every intersection. Right. So this group, this student group wrote that despite Patton's intention to teach, he can't ignore how his usage of the Mandarin phrase had a negative impact on his students. So he's not allowed to ignore, even if his intentions were good. Right. See, it's no longer the case that intentions could be good. Now you have to actually have your intentions good and you have to be aware of all of the different intersections and subgroups that you're affecting. Right. So my, my, I think my biggest, uh, the other question that I have is, what if he's an Asian professor and not a white professor? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's why I think that's why there's a lot of insanity in this discussion. I mean, every day you almost hear about another professor being fired for some ludicrous thing. And and by the way, you know, I understand they're trying to solve a problem. And uh, but there's a couple issues. Mm -hmm. They don't really know what all the facts are, mm -hmm. just like I don't know all the facts right. are, but I study them enough that I try to think about it. I remember I went to one BLM protest and I was trying to talk to people to communicate to the other people at the protest. And I asked one person, oh, what are you, you know, this is so great, we're all here. What are you excited about? He said, oh, I'm excited about the repeal of this law. And I'm, I said, okay, what is it? And he's like, well, I just heard about it this morning, so I'm not totally sure, what? whatever. That's fine. So he, he wanted to protest, but he didn't really know what he was protesting, that people have that right too. Right. But just don't hang people um, or be violent towards them if you don't really know all the facts. Right. And, and the facts are very complicated. It's not so simple. For instance, you know, I, and I did a lot of research on the statistics, are incarceration rates up as a percentage of population for African-Americans over the past 20 years? The answer is actually more unclear than people would think. I'm not going to give an answer. That's the topic of another podcast, but it's, it's, it's unclear. I'm not saying it's more. I'm not saying it's less. I would love to have one of my um, guests from the book that I wrote come on and, and talk to me about it. Uh, but a lot of these facts are unclear and require a lot of research that are, it's very complicated. So I would, I do recommend people watch YouTube videos of an African-American economist, Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. He's considered conservative, but you can also say he's, I've never heard him support any real conservative policy. He's just, he's, he's, he's an economist in the, like a Milton Friedman's an economist. And he talks about a lot of these issues and he has a lot of the statistics and his videos are great. I encourage people to listen to those. But the problem is when you have somebody like Jordan Peterson, who's harassed to the point where he could lose his job or Brett Weinstein harassed to the point where he could lose his job. And, you know, people have, I don't know about like, Jay, you're young still. I have five children mm -hmm. and I've been broke so many times and it's scary. It's scary to have a job and have kids to raise and not know if your job's going to continue yeah. because of some irrational reason. And your career might be over even because of right. this irrational right. reason. Like that's, 
the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, I get it. Like if someone's like in during the Me Too movement, like something like that happened and that hurt people physically and emotionally. I get it. You know, like that you might want that, but like if it's for the professor for um, the the instance of using the the N words, uh, you know, while teaching, uh, I think that a little bit absurd. Well, also, I mean, a lot of these things are absurd. Like, look. Again, it's horrible to say that I am not going to take a stance, but Al Franken was a senator from Minnesota, right. and uh, uh, he wrote a great book, actually, the best book on politics I've ever read called Giant of the Senate. I highly recommend it. In any case, he had some accusations. He's a, he's, he's a comedian. He was performing with the USO. He squeezed someone's breasts, perhaps a little too hard. They didn't complain. 15 years later, they complained. I, I don't know all the facts. And even, you know, and then the Democrats fired him from the Senate, or he quit the Senate, but because from pressure. And even the Democrats regret it now. Everybody regrets it. I regret it. Like I, I think he was a good senator. And you know, you, you, sometimes we see things. It, it reminds me of the 1850s. Do you know Dr. Igor Semmelweis? No. Okay, we've talked about him on the podcast right. before, or, or maybe not. But he was working in a medical facility where all these women were dying in childbirth. Oh, right. It, it, it turned out it's because doctors were burying dead people in the morgue and then delivering babies. Right. And then the women would get all the germs and would die. And so Igor Semmelweis invented germ theory and solved the problem. But nobody believed him. And he they put him in a mental institution. They thought he was crazy. So a lot of times people will think, you know, I, different ideas are crazy before they're really well thought out and researched and so on. And, you know, part of, part of being pro-science means being a skeptic. Books about skepticism are books are the same thing as books about science. If I'm skeptic that the earth is flat, I will do a scientific experiment to show that the earth is not flat. Like there are some facts that show, well, did, uh, uh, quality of living and quality of education go up for certain groups after certain laws were passed? Maybe yes, maybe no. What about countries where we gave a lot of money? Did quality of life go up? No. Why? Corruption. Not because we need to give more money, but because we need to get out of rid of corruption. So there's all sorts of factors. If you go to the Middle East, you have you know a million people with five million opinions. So the, it's, it's very hard to, to choose to be a good person when all of these people are taking out their anger through their political philosophies. Right. I'm not saying somebody shouldn't be called they or them or whatever. You do have to ask, why are five-year-olds being given this choice? Why are nine-year-olds being made, give, being given the power to make medical choices of removing their genitals? Like that seems like something that would happen in a third world country, but it's happening here now. But uh, let's look at the other side. You know, uh, uh, oh, Trump, uh, the election was a fraud and Trump should still be president. And if the election's proven a fraud, uh, Biden and the Illuminati should step down and Trump should take over. All this stuff's insane. Like people, you know, I understand people feel strongly about their beliefs. And if you feel like an institution has betrayed you, like, oh my gosh, the Democrats stole the election and my president didn't win. You feel like you have the right 
to fire somebody or be violent or call insults on Twitter or in person. But the reality is most people are wrong about most things. Right. That's the reality. And, and the way you live life around that is if somebody, when someone tells me a philosophy, a political philosophy, I might nod my head. And, and look, we, didn't we learn this in um, the podcast? What was it? Was it the, um, was it with Peter? Yeah. Peter Bogosian. What was the name of the book? Great book. Cause he gave so many smart examples. And by the way, Peter, I'm really sorry. I got to call you back cause you left me a message, but I've had fucking COVID. <laughs> so, uh, that's my excuse now. I'm sorry. I had COVID. Uh, episode 724, how to have impossible conversations. This happens to me all the time. Oh man, if you didn't vote, you're a racist. Or if you didn't get a vaccine, you're a racist because you're anti you're anti-science if you didn't get a vaccine. Let me explain that actually. I'm suffering from COVID right now. Now it sounds good. I'm getting better. A few days ago, there's no way I would have been able to do this podcast. I had so, it was, I had 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 10 days, at least 10 or 11 days of solid pain. And it was like popcorn pain. It was like, first it was in my shoulder, then my head, then my ear, then my leg. And then I was coughing and I was nauseous and I was feverish. I couldn't get up and I had no internet. I was just lying around all day in a sweat. I told it to some people, what's the first question people ask? Well, did you get a vaccine? And they didn't ask, how are you doing? Nope. I even, I was so, I was so bad. I had to go to the hospital and in the hospital, I had to explain, I did not get a vaccine. And I swear to God, their attitude towards me changed. And I'm not gonna mention the hospital because they did, they save lives, they're good people. But I swear to God, they gave me a COVID test. This guy jammed a Q-tip right into my, the middle of my brain. And I, I think he was laughing while I was like screaming in pain. They thought I was like a Ku Klux Klan member because I didn't take a vaccine. Now, let me explain why I didn't take the vaccine. Cause Jay, you were there yep. when our good friend Merrick was begging me for months to take a vaccine. Literally every, every chat sessions that you have with him. And Jay, did I once ever say I'm not getting a vaccine? Nope. The only thing you said is, yeah, I, w- I would do it this way. I would do it this way. Every lesson yeah. you would say, I would get it this way. Yeah. So you know what it is? I'm not anti-vax. I'm stupid. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm, uh, and I'm lazy. Like some, I sit inside all day and I really enjoy it sitting inside all day. I don't like waiting online at a pharmacy. All my kids had COVID. All my friends had COVID. I've known people with COVID for a year and a half. I've traveled around the world with people with COVID and I haven't gotten it. So I stupidly thought I wouldn't get it. And uh, my mom had polio. I prayed, I wish to God I could go back in time and make a polio vaccine just one year earlier for her so she could walk. And I'm certainly pro-vaccine. Are there issues with vaccines? Of course, just like there's issues with everything. There's issues with guns. There's issues with abortions. You know, those are medical procedures. Any medical procedure, there's uh, issues. Uh, But I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-vaccine. And uh, was I afraid to get a vaccine? Of course, I don't like getting a shot. And I heard about people having all sorts of problems. Doesn't mean I thought that I, I knew that 99.9% of the people who were hospitalized were the unvaccinated. So I knew I needed to get one. Robin and I even tried to schedule one the day before we went traveling. 
here's the thing too. I was amazing on my supplements. Like right now, everyone's telling me, oh, James, you have COVID, take these supplements. I've been taking them for a year and a half. Quercetin, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, NAC, NMN. I'm not recommending any, I'm just saying what I took. Uh, but it's amazing how many people recommended quercetin, and I've been taking that since the beginning. But we traveled for a little bit. We weren't taking our supplements. Robin started to cough. Uh, I'm gonna totally blame her. I woke up in the middle of the night, she was coughing all over me, like her spit was like like dribbling on me. And then the next day I started coughing. And that and then two days later, we probably had full force COVID, but it wasn't even that bad. Two days after that, we checked into the hospital and she stayed in the hospital for five days. And right. but does that mean I'm anti-vaccine? No. Does it mean I wish I had the vaccine? I don't even know, actually, to be honest. I just, all I know is I would have gotten it if I were not lazy. Right. And I wish I did not get COVID this bad. And if a vaccine had stopped it, I would have 100% taken it. Do I respect my friends who are not taking the vaccine because they want to wait for future versions because this is a brand new technology? Of course, because I'm not going to, if I tell someone to take a vaccine, someone wrote to me the other day and said, this is a great opportunity for you to use your platform to get people to take the vaccine. Do I think people should take the vaccine? Probably, but I have enough smart friends who say, listen, there's been problems. Like I, I have one friend personally who had a stroke after having a vaccine. Now he's a rare case. I'm not saying that's what happens, but I have good friends who have reasonable opinions. I know nothing. I'm not a scientist. The scientists I do know are all pro vaccine. And so I do think it's pro science to be skeptical, but I do listen to my friends who are most in tune with the technology. So it does seem like, put it this way, I wish I had taken the vaccine right. personally, but I'm not gonna force my opinion on anyone else because there's a reasonable discussion to be had. I mean, let me just Google this because again, polio vaccine is something very important to me that the, the first version of the polio vaccine was pulled back because there was a lot of problems. Yeah, tainted polio vaccine um, did kill and paralyze children for a while. Not not everybody, of course. Most people were right. still fine. But this is in the Washington Post. It's considered one of the worst biological disasters in American history, 1955. Fucking paywall with the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos only has $211 billion. He needs $1.95 a month from me to get to the hey, paywall to to, for his articles. He needs to go to the space, you know? I'm fine with him going to space. Just let me read articles in the Washington Post. That's the equivalent of him going to, that's he, what he could do for me. He, he, so, he needed he need the money for his rocket to have a better design. I don't know if you saw the design of the spaceship. I did. It looked, it, it turned me on. It, uh, <laughs> I had a little bit of a gay twinge when I saw that rocket ship and I was very excited. And Jeff Bezos was looking particularly jacked that day. So, but uh, you, you've been here for all the podcasts about genomics. I'm a huge believer in genomics. I think within the next 20 years, it's going to change reality as we know it and medicine and, and investing and everything, you should just buy a basket of genomic stocks right now, particularly ones made by Nobel Prize winners, never look at them again and retire with millions 20 years from now. Right. I'll go over that more in my masterclass on investing, like why that works. So anyway, people were all snide. Oh, did you take the vaccine or are you an idiot or... Uh, this is a good time to use your platform. I don't know anything about 
the vaccine. I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody. I, you got to be careful when you have uh, any sort of voice in society. Right. Here's what I have a good voice for. I have a good voice for business, for investing, although I wouldn't tell people how to invest. I have a good voice for writing and how people could create media and content and art. And I think I have some common sense about you know, business and relationships and how to use relationships and business and persuasion and more. I know, I've, I know about a lot of things. We've had 800,000 guests on the podcast. <laughs> but I, I, if you want to, oh, I'll have a guy on about vaccines. The whole point of this is going back to your original question, who's good and who's bad? It's not that people who are woke are bad. It's not that people who are Republicans are bad. You know, we talked about this other, the other day, Jay. Right. Um, you and I were talking about what's the difference between red states and blue states. Oh, yeah. And someone mentioned to you the, the right. that, that, that red states had fewer rights, right. like constitutional rights. And so I didn't know the answer. And we looked you it and up. I looked it up. And the person was both correct and incorrect. Right. So, for instance, like on abortion rights, states like Georgia, Louisiana, and Mississippi are trying to pass what's called heartbeat bills, which restrict the right, a woman's right to have an abortion if the heartbeat can be detected. That's a horrible restriction of rights. Right. On the other hand, um, states like New York or California, which are considered blue states, have many more restrictions on people's ability to work. Like right. you can't, unless, unless you, if you're a manicurist, unless you go through like all these manicurist exams and fees and expenses, it's, it's, a, it's like a negative income tax to be a manicurist because right. there's so many licensing requirements. Right. So your right to have a living is restricted. And in the constitution, you're not allowed to restrict someone's right to a living without right. due process. So that's anti-constitutional. Right. And, and then you can argue, oh, is it good for Twitter or Facebook to restrict rights? And I've seen them restrict liberal and conservative accounts. My argument is, no, it's against free speech. Right. And that's in California and New York. Now, people will say, Facebook and Twitter, what are you talking about, James? Freedom of speech only applies to a public, uh, a public place, a street. You, can, you can't restrict someone's freedom of speech in the street. But in a company, you can. And my answer to that is incorrect. There was a guy passing out pamphlets in a city in Florida about the church and mm -hmm. the local police said, you can't do that. And they took away his pamphlets. And the guy said, I have freedom of speech. Now here's the thing. It turned out that that company was, that that city was completely owned by one company, but the Supreme court ruled, and this is in 1906, the, the Supreme court ruled that if a single company is performing the functionality of the public government, then you must require First Amendment rights, freedom of speech. So what does this have to do with Twitter? Well, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, who I admire a lot, also the founder and CEO of Square, and we've mm -hmm. had on Jimmy Kelly. Yep. Jack Dorsey said, Twitter serves as a public square, as a virtual public square. So the CEO himself has admitted that, that Twitter does replace the role of government when it comes to a public square, particularly, by the way, during times of economic lockdown. And so my argument is 
you can't take away someone's freedom of speech, even in a corporation where that corporation is performing the function of the government. Right. And so hence my, since I'm a great lawyer, since I'm a great, since I'm a known Supreme court lawyer, you cannot restrict a, a Twitter account. And by the way, I'm including that you can't restrict the Nazi account. You can't restrict the Ayatollah of Iran, who regularly says the only good Jew is a dead Jew, and they never take his account down. Nor can you take down the account, and I've tried. There's this one guy who's harassing me on Twitter. This guy, I'll tell you what he says. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about him? No, I only know about the Wikipedia one. Yeah, it might be the same. Oh, no, no, that's a different guy. This guy is ridiculous. Like he writes to me every day and he says, I'm going to get you. Like he threatens violence to me. And I reported to Twitter and Twitter's like, oh, he's not doing anything against our policy. And I'm like, really? This guy says I'm implanting nano chips in his brain as part of an experimental program so all the Jews could control people. And he's going to kill me because of that. What? Yeah. And that's what he tweets me. And I, and he tweets it publicly and I send it to, I report it and I send it to Twitter and they, they say, I, I, I don't know what they're talking about. And I almost feel sorry for myself. Like they say, Oh, we're sorry. This doesn't violate our terms of service. Why don't you just block him? And if I say, if I block him, I won't know when he's trying to kill me. Yeah. I'm fine. Just let everybody have freedom of speech, particularly if you're already admitting that Twitter performs the role of a a public service, then you have to offer freedom of speech. It's in the Constitution and unfair, even if it's against me. So you should always be fair even when it's against you. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs. And I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. 
your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? Well, with almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise dedicated to shaping brighter futures for both students and franchisees. Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and their proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference, pursue your dreams of business ownership, and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, i definitely going to use HIMS for now. Not on. that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Like I felt like they everyone should have the same uh, loving feel. So it's almost like like you what you say earlier. It's the the equal opportunity versus equal outcome. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's just go down the Constitution, and then we'll finally answer the question of good versus bad. Once and for all. This is my citizen uh, test right here. Yeah. Who's the Who's the second president of the United States? 
Sam Adams. John Adams. I got the Adams right. Sam yeah. Adams is a beer. <laughs> so, okay, Amendment 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise of speech or freedom of speech or of the press. Well, they've been, you know, every time there's a war, uh, there's restrictions on what newspapers are allowed to print. So that's been uh, constantly abused. But right now, like you, you can't, people are saying, oh, that's fake news. This is not fake news. And so outlets are banning these outlets and these other outlets are banning these outlets. So the First Amendment is out the window and there's a precedent from 1906, which I just described. Amendment two, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state uh, shall have the right to keep and bear arms. Well, at least I'm more in favor of that than having people have the right to keep and arm bears. Like I, think, I think that would be a catastrophe if everybody was allowed to have a bear with a, a gun bear. walking around. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody always argues, and I'm 53 years old, and I've heard every argument, but I've never looked it up. Do states with more gun restrictions have higher or lower crime? I'm not going to answer it here. I don't know the answer, but certainly every state has interpreted this amendment differently, and there right. is an answer. Does more do more guns increase crime? And I and if someone could tell me, please let me know. Amendment yeah, three. Could J. Altucher. This is the weirdest amendment in the Constitution, by the way. This next amendment, Amendment three. So, mm-hmm. so good luck understanding this. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner. So that means a, a private in the army can't just walk into your apartment and say, "Jay, I live here now." Well, 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 the thing is like, uh, the, what really is also like in time of peace, uh, nor in time of war. Well, let's say, mean? let's say, uh, you know, a lot of Navy people live in San Diego during time of peace. Let's say uh, they need more houses. Could they be forced to be put in a San Diego house? And the answer is no. But the next one, amendment number four, you cannot illegally search someone's place without a, a warrant. I mean, this kind of sort of makes sense, right? Well, these all these amendments make sense. So I'm trying to figure out how many of them are broken. So the first is oh. broken. The second is probably broken, but I want more facts. Uh, how many illegal searches have there been in the United States this past year? Because that's that shows you that the Fourth Amendment is bullshit. People break into apartments all the time and do illegal searches. And that, that's why court cases are thrown out all the time. Do I need to, how do I Google this? It's not going to get recorded, you know? Like, so I wonder how, how can you even find the, the data? Uh, well, let's see how many court cases. But yeah, there's a ton of cases about whether different searches were illegal. That's what I'm seeing here. So, okay. So the Fourth Amendment, nobody really cares. Nobody's paid attention to First Amendment, Second Amendment. Fourth Amendment, no one cares about. And Third Amendment is kind of like a, a stand-up comedy joke. Like, oh, you got you to gotta let these Navy soldiers live in your bathroom. So, okay, Amendment, Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for capital or crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. No person can be compelled to be a witness against themselves without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. 
here's that mean that means you have the right to take the fifth so you don't have to testify against yourself and right. you can't have things seized from you unless there's been due process so has that happened in the united states what if what if you uh you were broke or bankrupt no nobody should be deprived of the life liberty or property without due process of law nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. This particular part of the Fifth Amendment, and this is written in 1960 in a Supreme Court case, Armstrong versus the United States, was designed to bar government from forcing some people alone to bear public burdens, which in all fairness and justice should be borne by the public as a whole. So like, let's say the government likes my house and wants it to be um, uh, uh, the mayor's house. They can't, they can't do that. It does apply not just to land, but to all forms of private property. And so some people have argued that taxes are not a fair way of taking things. It's an unfair way of taking private property from some people to give it to other people. Like, let's say I live in New York City. And so some of my taxes are being taken to pay for a bridge in Minnesota. That might not be fair. Can, has that ever happened, though? That happens every day. That's what taxes are for. Oh, that's this is this is the argument against the federal income taxes. Uh, oh, fe oh, okay, federal. Let's just say, all right, that's against the Constitution, but we're going to give it a pass because only crazy people argue about that. Jay, this is this is good for your Constitution test. I know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it tomorrow. Rights of accused in. Wait, are you taking it? Are you taking it tomorrow? No, no, no. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. In all criminal cost prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. This, that's the Sixth Amendment. This amendment is bullshit because during COVID, people had to wait the entire economic lockdown for a speedy trial. Right. And impartial jury of the state, that's been contested a billion times. Amendment 7, that's the right of a trial. Amendment 8, excessive bail shall not be required, um, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. That's, you know, the United States has the death penalty. So I don't know if you consider killing someone a cruel and unusual punishment. So about two thirds of the states use a combination of lethal injections, which are paralytic and toxic agents, despite a lack of scientific evidence supporting their effectiveness. A shortage of sodium theopentol, a fast acting barbiturate and general anesthetic used in lethal injections has delayed several executions. Cruel and unusual punishment right here in the United States in violation of the Eighth Amendment. And even if you're against the death penalty, everybody admits that's cruel and unusual punishment. It's, it's, an, it's it a is. scientific accident. Yep. Um, Amendment 9. Uh, uh, the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. It, this just means that all the people in the United States were sort of listed in the Constitution these are the people whose rights were taken care of. But it could be the case that there are some people later on that they didn't list that were not included. So this just says any other people that we forgot to mention, it's sort of like an acknowledgments page at the end of a book. Hey, I, I acknowledge Jay and Robin and Brian Keating and uh, my mom and my dad and blah, blah, blah. But, and anybody I forget, I include them. So this is say, saying the same thing that if we forgot you, we include you, unless you're black, because they didn't include black people or women. 
So the oh, yeah, Ninth Amendment a, yeah. was bullshit uh, and did not quite protect liberty the way it was supposed to. Right. Um, amendment 10, very important amendment. The powers not delegated to the U.S. by the Constitution nor prohibited by the states are reserved to the states. Well, during the economic lockdowns, some states did not want economic lockdowns and the federal government required them to, I believe. Uh, so that was an issue. And I'm not arguing one way or the other, but it was an issue. I don't know this one. There's a lot of them. The states' rights is a big issue. Amendment 11. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of these. Let's see. Uh, Amendment 12. Oh, this is about voting for president. We know all we know that's screwed up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's no answer either. Like, why do we have a bunch of random strangers actually the ones who vote for president? And yet, if you don't have that, could you have a fascist takeover of the United States if there's majority rule? So who knows? No. Uh, okay, Amendment 13. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States. So, you know what amendment that is? Isn't that the the BLM amendment? No, it's the, it's the Civil War. Civil it's War, the, yeah. It's it's the uh, Emancipation Proclamation. After that, Lincoln made the Thirteenth Amendment. But notice, right. it does not eliminate slavery. Nope. It says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime. Uh, whereas the party's been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States. So, in other words, you're allowed to be my slave if you're convicted of a crime, and your sentence is to be my slave. So I'm your slave right now, right? Only well, were you convicted of a crime? Uh, I look at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like the 13th Amendment, which everyone says, oh, the 13th Amendment eliminated slavery and civil war, blah, blah, blah. No, it did not. The 13th Amendment eliminated slavery unless you were a convicted criminal. And then, by the way, it's all systems go. You're just as much a slave. So right. there was all these Jim Crow laws and there was all these other laws that, that where African-Americans were convicted and other people, Chinese people too, were convicted of crimes and were made slaves so that's how they put built the whole railroads in the 1800s yeah. and yeah uh, there was that's why there were chain gangs people on chain gangs were still slaves even the, the, people think the civil the civil war eliminated slavery no neo-slavery did not get eliminated until i don't even know if it's still eliminated uh all right amendment 14. right uh, all persons born in the united states are citizens no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the uh, privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Well, that's bullshit. I mean, now there's all this immigration stuff. If a, if a little baby is born here, they're thrown back. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that's why. Didn't, didn't, they, didn't they try to uh, take those out or something like that? They're trying to repel it? Like yeah. there's a whole DACA and whatever. Yeah, there's a whole thing. So that's why all, all these amendments... Everyone's like, oh, the Constitution's sacred. We've just gone through every amendment, including the amendment abolishing slavery, and showed right. that the U.S. doesn't give a shit about it. Right. Um, so Amendment 15, uh, the rights of citizens. How many citizen amendments out there? 
I thought it's uh, I thought it's fourteen. No, there was ten initially, but now there's like twenty. It says twenty seventh here. Yeah, we're, we're we're about to find out. Amendment yeah. fifteen, eighteen seventy. The rights of citizens to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or on any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Okay, well, it looks like in we looked at some states yesterday where some states are saying if you don't present an absentee ballot within 19 days of the election, your right to vote has been abridged. So I don't know. Isn't that a directly against the Amendment 15? So yeah. that, that amendment's out the window. Amendment 16. Uh, income Congress tax. shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Well, I guess that, that they stuck with. <laughs> there, it's money. Taxes. They have to stuck with, you know? The only one they stuck with is where, I mean, think about it. Jay, you live, anybody who lives in New York City okay, has the highest tax rate in the United States. It's about a 60% right. tax rate all in. 60% means you don't start making, you don't start earning a dime of your money. You worked hard from January to September and none of that money is yours. All of it goes to the government. Only after September do you get to keep your money. So that's, thank you, amendment number 16. Today, the top rate is 43%. It still feels like a lot. It still feels like, like Jay, I pay you from January to September to be the greatest podcast producer in the universe. Why, why am I paying you? Why don't I just send the check directly to the government? Like, does that seem yeah. fair? No. I and mean, like, thing. I think that's a counter arguments like, oh yeah, the, 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 you know, like the, 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 the government needs a lot of money to build the road, to keep everything clean, you know, make sure no crazy pe person uh, or homeless person on New York, in New York City running around. Well, well, okay, Jay, the, the <laughs> homeless people are put in ho hotels in New York City, and they right. are running around. And, and here's the thing. I agree with you. There should be taxes to pay for infrastructure and bridges mm -hmm. and roads and clean roads and stuff like that. But the U.S. collected $3.5 in revenue in taxes. Okay, the that's just the federal government. That's not the state and city. Okay, by the way, most infrastructure jobs are local, but right. and only sixty-three billion. So that's two percent, less than two percent, was spent on infrastructure. So what else is is like if you uh, were to if you were to direct your money for best, so it could be used to the best cases, what would you direct it towards? I mean, infrastructure would be the best, right? Yeah. So but, okay. So so one and, and, and medical. And what medical. about what about the other ninety-eight and a half percent? Okay, medical. Um, let yeah. me just see how much it goes to medical. Does did any of that go to medical? Because uh, the insurance is still sky high. Health insurance is still, uh, you know, it's just it's high. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Insurance should be lower. Sixteen uh, percent goes to the military. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, twenty five percent goes to Medicare, Medicaid. Fine. Interest on debt eight percent. Uh, transportation infrastructure two percent. Education two percent. Science research and medical research, 2%. Most of it is the Department of Defense, 16%. And then Social Security is 23%. And by the way, older people can't afford to live on Social Security anymore. No. So that has to be revamped. That's bankrupt. And I'm not in favor of 16% going to the military. Like, 
I don't want, I didn't, I didn't say you should vote. You should bomb Afghanistan or Iraq, which is where all most of the money's going. Or now we're bombing. I don't know. I thought we were supposed to be, have more peace now. Now we're bombing Syria again and, and Lebanon and Iran is, is blocking up, uh, uh, the Persian Gulf and China's right. starting to rear their ugly head around. Uh, and only, well, you're telling me only 2% is going to medical research. Didn't we just have a pandemic? So when, 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 when was, uh, because marketplace subsidies, different. 25%. You're saying I should buy all the corn in the Midwest for, with 25% of my taxes. I don't even like corn. Isn't like every year the breakdown is different. Yeah. They break down is different, but this is, but it's not like it changes. Like all of a sudden last year it was 0% military and this year it's 40% military. You know, it changes. One thing is true. When the U.S. takes more power, they keep it. So, okay, right. Amendment uh, 17, two senators from each state so that they could live off of federal money to have sex with prostitutes and lobbyists. So that's Amendment 17. What's the U.S. Senate? What is one law the U.S. Senate has ever passed that has benefited you or anyone you know? I have no idea. I don't even know what law that passed. I rest my case. Amendment 18, from 1917 to, this was the prohibition uh, law. So this was repealed because, for, okay. here's a question. Why did they um, give back the right to drink alcohol, but keep make it illegal for marijuana? People actually die from alcohol poisoning. It's one of the biggest Boy, killers yeah. in the U.S. Nobody dies from marijuana poisoning. There's no such thing as marijuana poisoning. Right. So why is marijuana illegal, but uh, alcohol was this this prohibition amendment was repealed? I don't know. I, I I felt like I should know because black people smoke marijuana more than they drink alcohol. Right. So goddamn the system. Yeah. Okay. Amendment nineteen. Oh, guess what? In nineteen twenty, if you have a vagina, you can vote. Congratulations. I mean, well, well, well. Not to dismiss that though. Like, it's a, it's a huge advance, right? It's a it's a huge advancement. The fact that it took 150 years yeah. when there was so much, I mean, there were so many women involved in every aspect of American history, mm -hmm. and it took 150 years to to pass that. Okay, Amendment 20, term limits for the president because Franklin Roosevelt. You know why they passed? You you know why a president could only do go two terms is because Roosevelt ran for president four times, and people were like, oh. listen. We can't have we can't risk having a dictator, and so they passed right. that. I mean that makes uh, sense, you know. Yeah, Amendment Twenty One. This yeah. repealed prohibition. You know, you know, so many people made money because of prohibition. The prohibition lasted about sixteen years, and they ended prohibition, of course, not only because people wanted to drink again, but because the Great Depression was happening and they needed sources of revenue, and they needed. Right. They, you know, it's like anything. Illegal revenues happen, but when you make them legal so they can be taxed. So the government's right. the only one that's hurt when something's made illegal. That's when speakeasy became huge, right? Yeah. And you know, you know who became one of the richest families in the world because of prohibition was the Kennedy family. The Kennedy mm. family, as told to me by the guy who runs the family office of the Kennedy family, is worth over a trillion dollars. They made their initial several hundred million because Joe Kennedy who was John F. Kennedy's father, he uh, uh, illegally bootlegged, it's called bootlegging, 
alcohol from Canada, the Bronfen family in Canada, all the way down to here to the U.S. and spread it throughout the U.S. And the Kennedys, that's how they made their money. Oh, wow. Uh, and the mafia wouldn't exist without prohibition. That's how they got their start. Because guys right. like Lucky Luciano, who, who organized the mafia, he made it all from prohibition. And, you know, not as much from prostitution and heroin as people think. It's mostly from alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. If alcohol was illegal, they would all be at legitimate business institutions and the Kennedys would be broke. So, right. okay, here's term limits again. Something about the Electoral College, which undoubtedly is bullshit. All right. Oh, uh, the right of citizens. This is an important one. This one was important. This is Amendment 24. Okay. Uh, the right of citizens to vote shall not be denied by failure to pay a poll tax. So you don't need to have money to vote. Okay. That's important. And that okay. still exists. Uh, this is an odd one. Uh, Amendment 25. If, if, yeah, if there's a president who's crazy, the vice president can take over. They basically take, there can be a movie about like how vice, vice president can slowly poison the president and take over. Well, that's another good idea is to take every one of these <laughs> amendments and make a movie out of it. Movie out of it, yeah. Um, also, this is the one that says it's no longer, it used to be the speaker, of, uh, so, sorry, it used to be the secretary of state was number three and now mm. it's the speaker of the house. Ah. So this is why Nancy Pelosi could be president if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris die and not, not whoever the secretary of state is. No law varying the compensation for the services of the senators so take effect until an election of representatives self intervened to prevent congressional corruption, which it doesn't work because you know, you know, for up until just like a couple of years ago, a congressman were the only people allowed to do insider trading. They could have inside information about a company what? and buy stocks. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and they just changed that law. I think and I don't even know if that law is effective yet. That's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, and in the Amendment 26, 18 year olds could vote. And by the way, I don't know if 18-year-olds should vote. Like, or I don't know any 18-year-olds who know the subtleties of income tax law and the welfare state and gun rights and pro-choice versus pro-life. What if there's a bunch of 18-year-olds who want to restrict women's right to uh, vote? I don't know if 18-year-olds are old enough to vote. When was that? When was that? I just want to see when was that uh, being implemented. So, it, okay, 1971. Maybe 1971 or the 18 years old is very mature. You know, you probably married by then, 18 years old. You probably married by 18 years old. They still shouldn't give me the right to vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but like, but nowadays, you know, all the, uh, all, all the 18 years old, most of the 18 years old is either into, into crypto or into gaming. Yeah, they definitely shouldn't vote. This is a topic for another podcast, but mm -hmm. democracy... Let's uh, technically the U.S. is not a democracy; it's a republic. But for all practical purposes, a democracy. But there's other forms of government too. There are actual constitutional republics, like uh, like the parliamentary system in the U.K. There's right. different types of dictatorships, uh, ranging from fascism to monarchies. I think it's a reasonable debate to say that democracy is not the best. I, I'm not saying it isn't, but it's a reasonable debate. Maybe it isn't the best way because we just read through 27 constitutional amendments and probably 24 of them were completely ignored and are still ignored by the U.S. government right. every single day. And right. no one cares. And everyone acts like, oh, we've got to believe in the Constitution. No one cares. Oh, we've got to be pro-science. But you're not pro-science. 
oh, but the, the founders did this. No, they didn't. Oh, but the founders were good guys. They had slaves. They didn't let women vote. They forced, you know, they, they, they would seize property from you and ignore the Constitution. And, right. and well, every dollar you make is, goes to the U.S. government and you have no say on what happens to it. Well, well, you can also say that like the, the definitions of good changes over time. What used to be norm, it's not normal anymore. You know, what used to be good, not good anymore, maybe. This all dates back to your original question. Are, you know, we were discussing, it seems like all the woke people are bad because they're trying to get everybody fired. It seems like all the right-wing Republicans are bad because they're saying all the elections were fraud and, and they should put Trump back in president and Biden right. and blah, blah, blah. But I think this is the, the real truth is that 95% of people just suck at what they do. Like 95% of lawyers are no good. 95% of accountants are no good. 95% of teachers, we know this, 95% of teachers are no good. Um, and by the way, huge respect to all the teachers out there, lawyers, okay. accountants, the ones listening to this, I hope you're good, but you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of bad people where you work. Everywhere I've ever worked, 95% of the people worked maybe an hour a day and goofed off the rest of the day. Most people just don't give a shit and maybe they shouldn't. Most, I know working in, you know, having been an owner in the restaurant business and working in that business, most people in the restaurant business are no good. Uh, most journalists, I see it every day, most journalists are so full of shit they should be put in jail. I think, I think, that, I think John Adams' Alien and Sedition Acts from 1801 should start putting journalists in jail again. And I'm, right. I'm kidding, but most journalists are really bad at what they do. They just wait for press releases. They don't actually report anything anymore. And so right. to answer your question, I think you're right. But I think it has nothing to do with political belief. I don't think it has anything to do with what they do. I just think most people are no good. The, 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 okay, so it's funny. Uh, I should know this. In Chinese, I don't know what, what it's called. It's like a thing that we used to like read when we were children. Like very, very young is something that we have to memorize. The first phrase is literally said that like every human was born kind. But I don't know if that's the case. I, I like that. And you know what? By the way, that is the hidden gem in this entire podcast that we're talking about. Because if you choose to be good, if you choose to be kind, if you choose love over the alternative, mm -hmm. if you choose to work a little bit harder than you need to in order to help the people around you, you're right. going to have a really good life and the people around you are going to appreciate it. And, and it will be so easy for you to distinguish yourself from everyone else because no one else puts in that extra effort. I have COVID right now. You're in the middle of a lockdown yourself. And I'm in an empty house with no furniture and I have an outlet here and we plugged in and we're doing a podcast because we cared about this topic. And right. if you just care about what you do and, and I guess just choose love, you're going to succeed and none of this will matter. Ignore yep. all of the riffraff and we just proved 95% of it's riffraff. We went all the way from the Constitution to the history of woke and the civil rights movement to the Republicans to wars to lethal injections. 
by the way, this is this is we've talked about COVID and Provax and anti-vax. Right. This is a sad but true story. Uh, last week, when I was at the peak of having COVID, if I was in so much pain, if you had given me a gun, this is why I'm glad there's no gun rights here. Uh, if you had given me a gun, I might have used it on myself. And I'm not saying I'm suicidal. I'm just being honest. I was in so much pain. Right. I just felt, what is the point of this? And it's never stopping. It couldn't. It didn't stop, and I was going insane. And so uh, I don't know why I said that, but um, well, that just, that sort of just like uh, describe how how painful you were, uh, how much pain you were in during the the you know during the COVID. Yeah, and I'm so grateful, Jay, that you and I are back here doing this podcast. I'm so grateful for the listeners. Please, please share this podcast. Uh, I, I am going to try to be much more educational on every episode. Uh, if you have any questions, tweet them out to me and I'll address them at some point in some podcasts. And, and Jay always helps me. We've got yep. great guests coming up. We got Michael Dell. We got Kaifu Lee. We got a bunch of famous people. I don't know. I don't even give a shit about the famous people. Uh, but it's just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to do, we're going to do a masterclass on investing. And yes. then I've got this one on, I think there's one, like everybody's talking about stoicism, a preview at, right now. Uh, uh, I want to talk about something that a, a secular modern philosophy, I think is much more powerful for success than right. stoicism is and much more powerful for, for happiness and freedom. And, and it's a modern kind of philosophy uh, like stoicism, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. But Jay, thanks so much for letting me just Thank talk you. over you while you tried to ask questions. <laughs> and good luck on your citizenship test. You're probably going <laughs> to fail because you're not really any good at any of this stuff. So no, no I'm not. I, I don't even know half of the the meaning of this. But yeah, thank you so much for answering my questions. It's like it's like me asking you questions, and then we went for like two hours discussions or something. Yeah. Oh, and then I have a good test that I found from 1908 that I'm going to ask you tomorrow. Okay. Well, yeah, well, sure. All right. See you later, Jay. Thanks. All right. Bye. See ya.